In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. It's been a great third down defense the last two weeks for Steelers. And they've got an interception and a run back all the way home. It's Belaine with the touchdown on the pick six. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Mahomes drifting downfield. Intercepted. His first of the season, Jeff Heath. now in glad to have you with us monday afternoon quarterback edition that's the last time that we can say that for this season as we recap the super bowl oh yes plenty to talk about with that from the success of the bucks to the demise possible demise or just the way the chiefs played yesterday to the referees to it all tj reeves gonna join us our guy in tampa bay still reveling in the uh, excitement of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning a Super Bowl championship, we'll talk to him. From the gaming side, Matthew Holt will join us from U.S. Integrity. Scott Spritzer from Doc Sports, our resident handicapper and our crew. Looking forward to a lot of Super Bowl talk today. T.C. Martin, Ballpark. Frank, what's going on, my man? And uh, happy post-Super Bowl to you. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I thought it was, well, I'm not going to say a good, exciting game, but I thought Tampa Bay really <laughs> brought it. Um, You know, anybody who thought there was a conversation about the GOAT, please just stop that nonsense right now. And uh, Tampa Bay gets it done again, and they did what you want to do as a team. They got better as the season went along, and they saved their best game for their last game. And they were absolutely sensational, and I don't think there was any question about who the MVP was going to be, though when you look at it, really, it's like, it's not like Brady put up incredible numbers if you're just a number and stats guy, but he certainly made the right calls and the right plays, and that defense came to play. And, uh, you know, Brady didn't have to move around much, and Mahomes had to move around way too much. Yeah, so many elements uh, to dive into, and we're going to hit all of that. So plenty to hit on today. So uh, hang tight for that. Uh, again, we'll give you some expert analysis from the scene, too, with uh, T.J. Reeves at the bottom of this hour uh, his thoughts, uh, but we've got plenty of thoughts as well, too. You know, watching this game, watching it unfold, hyping it up the way we've been talking about it the, the past couple weeks, and basically none of it, no matter who you liked in this game, it, it did not unfold, I don't think, like anybody anticipated that it would. And we'll talk to Scott Spritzer a little bit later. I'm going to give him props because he did say, he, he tried to back off a little bit. Remember, he said, he goes, hey, I, I like Tampa Bay in this game. I like him so much that I'm going to lay seven and a half with the alternate line of getting like plus 360. And he goes, but then he backed off and says, but just, just a small bet, you know, just a right. small bet. Well, didn't need to say that, Scott, because, uh, you know, congratulations. And I know that he was reveling in that uh, yesterday, uh, you know, that victory as well, too. But we recap the Super Bowl 31 9, like you said. Credit to Tampa Bay. Credit to Tom Brady. Yes, the GOAT, no question about it. And like you said, it was never in question. But, you know, people put so much emphasis on what happens in this one game. Yeah, if, if Brady would have thrown maybe three picks and they would have lost or something, then there might have been some people that say, well, he's regressed this and that, even though he's looked spectacular this year. So I'm glad we don't have to even talk about that because you know, that wasn't even anything that I wanted to talk about in the two hours today because undisputed. I mean, he is the greatest of all time. Enough said with all that. But credit to Brady, credit to Bruce Arians, credit to the Tampa Bay defense. They outplayed Kansas City, outcoached Kansas City, and were better prepared than the Chiefs yesterday, plain and simple. And for me, looking at this game, I thought it was one of the worst played Super Bowls by one team that that I can remember. And they had nine points yesterday. The Kansas City Chiefs could not score a touchdown. They were held without a touchdown. Do you know, I went back and looked at this. Do you know when it was the last time the Chiefs did not score a touchdown? Want to take a wild guess on this? I, I don't even want to venture a guess because yeah. I'm not sure because it seems like they've just been a scoring machine ever since Mahomes has been there. Right, right. Well, obviously it didn't happen this year because the team went 14-2 and in those two games they scored plenty of touchdowns. And the one game they lost was to the Chargers at the end where, of course, you know it was all subs. Right. But the game to the Raiders, of course. Last year it didn't happen. The year before it didn't happen. You had to go back to the midway part of 2017 when they got three field goals. Against the Giants, they lost the game twelve to nine. 
Great so, Scott. 2017, you got to go back for the Kansas City Chiefs not to score a touchdown. And the season that they had this year, that's shocking. Oh, that prop, by the way, was up on the William Hill board at 60-1. Uh, to 1. For the Chiefs, and, and no one hit it. To not to score a touchdown. Yeah, to not to score a touchdown. But, uh, it's almost surprising that nobody hit that because sometimes a lot of people would just look for the biggest lines up there and put five or ten bucks on just yeah. to have figuring, well, if it does hit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get something. Well, let me say this. It, someone might have hit it, but Nick Bogdanovich said that it, they weren't liable to it, so no one hammered it. Okay, right, yeah. Hammered yeah. So, so there could have been a 5 yeah, so, or 10 Yeah, so maybe, maybe somebody cashed in, yeah. and right now they're bragging to their friends, I had that one, here's my ticket. Yeah, there you go. Though I'm sure with social media today, if somebody did have it, it would be plastered all over yeah, the place. Yeah, so, someone might have hit it, you know, 10 bucks for 600 They, they might have got that. Or it was in like an 18 parlay. and uh, Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I hit, hit that, that one, one, but lost the other three. Exactly. I, I hit seven. the ones that weren't just a crapshoot rolling right, the dice. So. Right, So, but when I look at this game, for me, it all came down to the offensive line and the defensive line you know, for the Bucks, right? The offensive line for Tampa Bay. And we talked about it all the last two weeks about how I don't like that secondary for the Buccaneers, but that front seven's darn good, especially the front four. They, Like you said, they harassed Mahomes. They rushed him. A Super Bowl record, 29 pressures. Think about this. Patrick Mahomes was pressured 29 times. Oh, on the other side, Tom Brady Four. Ball game. That's your ball game. Right then and there, it was the worst offensive line performance that I have seen by a unit that I can remember in a Super Bowl. And we've seen some regular season games that have been really dogs from some really bad teams. But this is your Super Bowl, and you come up with this performance. And I understand you had a couple backup tackles. I understand that. But this O-line, knowing that Fisher's been out, you know, he, you know, out for you know half the last game or the, the entire last game against Buffalo too. You got to be better prepared. And for this, to me, it came down to Tampa Bay. Like I said, outplayed, outcoached, but they were better prepared and they were so much hungrier than the Chiefs. Well, yeah, and, and I agree with you. The offensive line play certainly left a lot to be desired, but we did talk about that a lot, how they did have both tackles injured, and with Mahomes with the turf toe and that, how was that going to affect him? Well, it seemed to me like he was scrambling and going deeper than he ever did, trying to make room for himself, trying to make those miraculous plays out there. But we also did see a little bit of this, a hint of if you remember in the Green Bay game. Tampa Bay put pressure on Aaron Rodgers, yep. and they shut down Aaron Rodgers, who's also known by some as a pretty darn good quarterback MVP. out there. He's going to win the you MVP know? this year. Yep. And then, and again, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but you look at that game against Green Bay, and then you go, well, now he's facing a team with a quarterback who might be a little hobbled and both tackles hurt, why wouldn't they put pressure on him? And White had a nice game. You know, kudos to TJ and the people that were telling him. Mike Pritchard also mentioned right. him that, you know, he got that interception at the end of the game, but, you know, he made his presence felt. So, yeah, Tampa Bay, and, and like I said again, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but they got better as the season went on. And what they got even more than that, they believed in themselves. And there's something about that. You look at sometimes, we look at talent on a team, and you look at stat sheets and this, and the analytics, the things that you hate in baseball and other sports. And sometimes we get mesmerized by that stuff. But there's something about knowing that you can win and having that mentality. And Tom Brady brought that to this club, a team that hadn't been successful in forever. All of a sudden, they started believing. They started winning. They started believing even more. Oh, they were going to be done by the Saints because the Saints owned them. They weren't done by the Saints. Oh, well, Green Bay's playing the best ever, and they're playing up in Lambeau. Oh, they're going to... In hindsight, you look back at it now, and it almost seems like a no-brainer of how did anybody not know exactly. this. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? When you're drinking the Kool-Aid, you don't realize that yeah. it might kill you. Yeah, Sto storybook ending. But it, not just storybook ending. The way they finished the season, winning eight in a row. And let's go back to Brady and, and talk about that. When he signed, this was a different team. And I was really glad that Bruce Arians gave a lot of credit to Tom Brady because we have seen coaches – of other teams and other sports, when they get a superstar, it, it it takes a lot for a coach, especially a guy like Arians who's had success, who's been to Super Bowls with other teams, to say, okay, I'm getting the goat here, but this is still my team. We're going to do things our way. Very easily. No one is talking about this, and I think it needs to be brought up. Bruce Arians conformed to Tom Brady. Remember, it took Brady some time to learn the system. It was still Arian's system and everything, but he let Brady get the grasp. 
he let Brady really you know control a lot of things, especially with the audibles and suggestions and that sort of thing. Nobody studied harder than Tom Brady. But when you have a guy like that come in your building and say, you know what? We've sucked for eight out of the last 10 years. True story. Losing record for this franchise, eight out of the last 10 seasons. They're coming off a seven and nine season last year. No one expected anything from them. Why? Well, yeah, Jameis Winston, too. Jameis Winston, now enter Tom Brady. Come on. I mean, a huge upgrade. But you had a lot of returning talent for Tampa Bay. But then you get Brady, you get Gronk, you get Antonio Brown. That's fine. But you mentioned the guys that have been there. Levante David. I know TJ loves Levante David because he's been there for eight years, played under three different head coaches. The guy is a rock solid linebacker, and you got to be happy for him. Then you got to mention, you know, White uh, had the interception. Uh, and, and again, Dominican Sue, who's been a. A game wrecker, you know, up the middle, but he's played on some really bad teams. Those he's Lions bad teams. teams, and he yeah. also, and sometimes his antics on the yes. field would get his teams in trouble. Cost you. So they right. had to kind of reel him right. in and say, "We need a Jason Pierre-Paul." Yes. Everybody knows about the incident with the firecrackers yeah. and this and that and different things out there. But again, they took guys and they got them to buy in the system. But you're right. What did Arian say? He said. This is for my coaches and the team. I had nothing to do. Yes. Not only didn't he give other guys credit, he said, look, I was basically just sitting here, you know, enjoying the view. Right, exactly. And, see, we expect that from a guy like Tyrone Liu or Eric Spolstra. We're, talk- we're going back to the NBA, of course, with LeBron James and the Cavaliers and the Miami Heat. But Bruce Arian, 68 years old, not only been around the block, but been a successful head coach. And he was a great head coach. Like I said, been in Super Bowls. So... For a guy like him, who does kind of have an attitude of my way or the highway, you wonder in the beginning, how's this going to work out? He played it beautifully. I give Bruce Arians a ton of credit here. You know I love Tom Brady. I was happy for him. I'm happy for Arians. I'm happy for those those fans in Tampa Bay to take a perennial loser. Yes, this is the second time they've won a Super Bowl, going back when Drew Gruden was the head coach in the 2002 season. But since then, they've been downright miserable for the most part. They really have. So I'm happy for them. They were the better team. There's no question. But where was the fire? Where was the juice from the Kansas City Chiefs? You didn't see it. They fell behind. And basically, I don't know about you, but even when they got that field goal, they settled for three. It was 3 nothing. I did not have a good feeling. And then when Tampa Bay went down and scored, even though Tampa Bay punted the first couple possessions, they had the lead 7-3 at first quarter. For me, I felt, this thing's over. It's done. I mean, you could just see it. And now I revert back to those games when we were blasting the Chiefs for not covering and not winning games by enough, by more than six points. You saw some, and you can't get away with that in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, and that Buccaneer D. Yeah, and it almost be, it seemed like they became comfortable with that. Like, well, we can, we can erase any deficit at any time. And that's a dangerous way to live, especially, like you said, when you're playing against a guy like Tom Brady, but also that defense. I don't think the defense got nearly enough credit for the success that this team had, and they had something to prove out there. And you mentioned when you thought the game was over, and and, and, and again, I know this was really early, but Kansas City also beat themselves. And I know some people are saying, well, how can Kansas City beat the refs and the the Buccaneers? I don't want to hear that ref stuff, okay? Kansas City did some stupid stuff. That a team that's the defending Super Bowl champ shouldn't do. The dumb penalties, the getting caught with the second man in thing, the punters shanking punts all over the place. Just things that you can't have happen. Uh, Travis Kelsey dropping a ball. And again, he had a good game and he had double digit receptions in the game. But he also dropped a big one that would have been a first down. They have to turn it over, and that's when Tampa Bay drove down and got their second touchdown of the game, making it all 14-3, and all of a sudden you're thinking, and Gronk's got two TDs, and you're wondering what's going on. And I think that Brady made a concentrated effort of that as well. Hey, Gronk has been calling for the ball a little bit more. Now in the big stage, he got two TDs, Antonio Brown. The guys that he brought in, he rewarded for being there with him. We know Brady ain't going anywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if Brown and Gronk came back as well. Well, I'll tell you, Brady's coming back. Well, Brady's Gronk, definitely coming back. Gronk is coming back from what we heard uh, yesterday and today. Antonio Brown, I think that, again, you got to handle him with kids' gloves. You don't know what nonsense this clown is going to do now that he has a Super Bowl ring. I know a lot of people don't like that. I mean, I, I can understand that. Here's this guy that really he doesn't really play the game the right way. 
Every time he makes a catch, you knew he was going to make it antic because he wanted to make it about him. He was humble in the post-game press conference. I'll, I'll give him that because, okay, it hit him. But Tom Brady said that, hey, he had to take him under his wing. Brown admitted to that, basically stayed with Tom Brady during the last you know three, four months. So I don't know about Brown, if he's going to come back, if he can, you know, stay straight and, you know, be humble, then, okay, now he's got his ring. Okay, we'll, we'll see. And that's but, why I listed him last because yeah, I don't right. know either. But if there's any yeah. situation that he would come back, it's kind of like when Dennis Rodman came to the Bulls. And, again, I'm gonna we're going to switch over. the Outside of Phil Jackson, and I don't know that it was Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen or not, it was Phil Jackson that kept Dennis Rodman semi because he respected him. Yeah, Brown respects Tom Brady. And I assume that he probably respects Arians in that a little bit too, but he respects Tom Brady. So if there's anybody that he would stay in line for, it would be Tom Brady. I think if uh, you're the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you say, okay, you're not going down to South Beach. Just stay around here. Stay at the mansion. Tom and Giselle and the kids have a pretty nice pad. (laughs) All right. None of this would have happened with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if it wasn't for Tom Brady signing he, again, a lot of people thought, okay, this could be it for him. How is he going to handle this season? Handled it beautifully, like you said, Frank. Got better. This team got better as, as the season went on. And, again, like we had talked about last week, hey, could this be it for Brady? I don't think so because he just loves the game so much. And that was ever apparent last night. Here's Tom Brady on the podium afterwards talking about this Super Bowl victory. I'm so proud of all these guys down here. Everything we uh, dealt with all year. We had a rough month in November, but VA had all the confidence in us. The team had a lot of confidence. We came together at the right time. I think we knew this was going to happen tonight, didn't we? We ended up playing our best game of the year. Yes, they did. Played their best game of the year. Tom Brady even uh, talking a little, little bit about Gronk and uh, this Super Bowl specifically. Any, um, making any comparisons. I, you know, being down here and experiencing it with this group of guys is um, every year is amazing. And this team is world champions forever. You can't take it away from us. So thank you guys. Thank you all. All right, Brady uh, reveling in the moment. Uh, very, very happy uh, about this. Glad that his buddy Gronk was there. And uh, when he was asked by Jim Nance at the end, go, hey, we're going to go through this again? He goes, oh, we're coming back. So Yeah. And I don't think there was a more excited person in the entire stadium than Brady's little daughter, although I'm not even sure that she knows what she was celebrating. But but she seemed very jumping up and down, grabbing. I was waiting for her to drop the trophy or something. But, I mean, his kids were and, – and that was another thing he brought up. It's like, it's nice that I've been around long enough now that my kids are old enough to kind of understand now what's going on and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of crazy. 43 years old. And what did we hear when he left New England? Ah, who cares if he's going down there? Tampa Bay's a losing club. Doesn't have any zip on the ball anymore. He's over the hill. You know, they're signing him. It doesn't matter. Well, guess what? Give him the right situation and stuff like that. It kind of reminds me of Peyton Manning, only maybe even a little bit more because of Brady. When Manning won at the end and he had a running game, and he lost a little bit of zip on the ball, but he still knew how to read the defenses and make the right call in the right places. They won because of his intelligence, because of the defense Denver had, and because they had a good running attack. Brady's actually got more zip. He almost looks like a kid again. I, I think I've made the reference before. Maybe the Fountain of Youth really is down there in Florida someplace. Maybe he has found it. But whatever, there's a new pep in his step. He's got the things out there. And now Tom Brady has more has won more Super Bowls than any franchise in NFL history. That's a crazy stat. And right now, if you're a Patriot fan, although you got six rings with them, or if you're a Steeler fan, they both have six championships, which is pretty good. Tom Brady has more than any team. Let that sink in to tell you exactly what this guy has done. Oh, I'll give you one more here. So, like you said, Brady's seventh ring, fifth MVP, fifth Super Bowl MVP. Let that sink in. Oh, that but, means that there was two that he wasn't very good in. Right. right. Okay. <laughs> like you said, one more titles than any other single franchise. But how about this one? He's got more titles than 18 of the 32 NFL franchises, 18 franchises combined. Combined. So you go down the list of Detroit and the Jets and Jacksonville and Houston. I mean, go go down this list. Throw of, the Vikings of, in there. Uh, the Vikings. You know. The Bears are in there as well, too. 18 franchises combined, they don't have as many as Tom Brady. He's got more than 18 NFL franchises 
combined. That is amazing. And again, just goes we could just go on and on about Tom Brady. But again, you know, for me, there were a lot of, of people that were questioning him. And we said it was going to take time for him to cultivate the system, get used to his teammates, because he had some bad games. Remember, this team was seven and five. They didn't lose another game. All right. Seven and five. They ended up fifteen and five when it was all said and done with the, you know, four postseason victories here. That's an eight-game win streak, like you said, just getting better and better and better. But let's give credit to the Tampa Bay front office for putting this team together for develop and these coaches for developing, uh, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And again, when you look at the weapons, I mean, we weren't really talking much yesterday about Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Yes, Kelsey got his, you know, got over on the prop bet, which was which was nice. But for the most part, those guys were non-factors. Hardeman, non-factor. Running backs, non-factor. Who were the factors? Not only Brady, but Mike Evans, Gronk. Brate wasn't even going to play. I guess he caught like one of the first passes, a nice twenty-yard gain or whatever. It's like, wow, he's there. Fournette, Jones, they got the the dual-headed monster at running back. We were talking about that. Well, you look at Ronald Jones, you know, he hasn't really been doing much. Maybe he's in the doghouse a little bit. He ran hard yesterday. And then, uh, like, uh, to your point, you look at Leonard Fournette, you can make an argument that Fournette or maybe even Grant could have been MVP. That's how good those guys were yesterday. Well, yeah, I, I thought Fournette was absolutely fantastic. He was running the ball well. He was catching out of the backfield. He was blocking. He was doing everything you want somebody to do. And you knew that Gronk was fired up. Gronk was saying during the, the, the two weeks between the games, he wanted the ball more often. You had a feeling Brady was going to get him the ball more often. It's almost like he's like, okay, we're still winning these games and that, but I still know I have these weapons that I can use even more. So, no, it, it, it was a great performance. And, again, you look at the final stats and you're going, well, wait, it's not like Brady was that sensational. Yes, he was because of the decision-making, taking what the defense gave him. And, again, at the, at the end of that half – how does Kansas City fall into what Green Bay fell into? I, I, I mean, I'm watching that going, did they learn nothing from the last game? They're using timeouts and giving them more clock, and Brady and the company's like, okay, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. No, just, again, it goes back to, to being out coached. There, there's so many you know element, uh, elements here, and we'll talk about that first. And think about know, that, what you just said, though, yeah. out coached. Yeah, Andy Reid was the one who 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 is unbeatable with a bye week. Well, let's. This is true, okay. <laughs> but he lost four four times. You know, one like I think it was at twenty three or whatever it was. But th- no, this but had I'm saying, but shades. that was the moniker I going know, into the game. I know, but it had some shades of what we've seen with Andy Reid at Philadelphia, where again you we look at that sideline. I didn't see a whole bunch of conversation going on when Patrick Mahomes came out of that game. I didn't see him talking to Andy Reid. I didn't see Andy Reid talking to him. I didn't see Eric Bieniemy. I didn't see any of that. But what did you see Tom Brady do? When he goes to the sideline, he, he's talking to Byron Leftwich, maybe even a little Bruce Arians. He's got the tablet in front of them. The Chiefs just look defeated. It's like they honestly thought that they were going to show up. Frank, they looked exactly, I'm saying the exact same thing I said two weeks ago on this day. They looked exactly the way the Packers looked. Show up, we're going to win. That's how Aaron Rodgers looked. That's that's how the Lafleur, the the whole sideline looked. It was deja vu. The, the exact same thing with the Chiefs yesterday. It was like, wow, we're getting beat down. Do something about it. This is the Super Bowl. This is what gets me. You score nine points. You can't even score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. You are undisciplined as can be. 120 yards and penalties for the Kansas City Chiefs. We talked about Mahomes being pressured 29 times, going backwards. Like you said, he's going backwards 15, 20, 30. He's looked silly. I mean, there's no way you draw any of that up. It's like, where is that in the Chiefs' game plan in their playbook? It's like, okay, we've got this one option. Whoop, busting through the line. I'm just going to retreat. Instead of maybe stepping up the pocket or rolling out or looking at secondary receivers for a check down, Mahomes just packed it up and retreated. I mean, and just over and over and over again, it's like, and it always happened on third down. It's like, are you kidding me? I mean, they're in the red zone, and I thought about the Packer game. It's like, you know, third and nine, they're not scoring. Fourth and nine, they're not scoring. Going backwards, just like Aaron Rodgers did. So, give credit to to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. But I got to talk about this undisciplined, uh, this nature with the Kansas City Chiefs and the penalties. And you heard a lot of the your, the announcing crew, and we've talked about it too about 
how sloppy they like, their secondary likes to hold and grab. And you can make a case that the, the referees, and we'll get into that here in a minute, but when you have a reputation like the Kansas City Chiefs have, you're going to get those flags thrown. And, and I'm a firm believer that's what happened yesterday. 120 yards in penalties, 95 in the first half. Eight penalties, that's where the game's over. Third most in Super Bowl history with, with 120 yards. That cannot happen in the biggest game, not only of the year, but the biggest game of your life as a player. You can't have 120 yards in penalties. That's ridiculous. Well, and not only that, but it's the type of penalty, too. Like you mentioned, okay, some of them maybe were because of the reputation of the defensive backfield and things and the clutching and grabbing and stuff like that. But the stupid penalties are getting called when somebody takes a shot at you and then you smack them along uh, upside the head on a third down and you yeah. give them a first down. And I talked about the punter shanking a couple punch, a, a, a couple punts. The best punt he had in the game was called back because of a penalty. They had to kick it again, and then yep. he kicks it 27 yards. Yep. These are things that destroy you. You cannot have them happen. And to add to your point about looking at Kansas City, even wearing their face mask, which everybody has to these days, you could still see the frustration. It was deer in headlights that they had on the sidelines. You're right. There wasn't conversation. Remember earlier in the year when we were watching Tampa Bay? And I think it maybe was one of the maybe it was a Sunday night or Monday night game, and people were talking. Look at Brady; he's frustrated. He's screaming at his offensive linemen. Yes, he was because he demands perfection of them because he demands perfection of himself. Who was he screaming at in this game? He was screaming back at the Kansas City <laughs> Tyrell players, Matthew, yeah, Tyrell exactly. Matthew, and yep. other players out yep. there. And the one interception that he threw that Matthew got, oh, that was negated because of a penalty too. Yep. Kansas City shot themselves in the foot, and it wasn't because the refs had it out for them, mm-hmm. they played a dumb game. And Brady went from using screaming at his own teammates as motivation to get them to play better in the biggest game at the end of the season, and he frustrated the other club. Yeah, w- when Matthew got in Brady's face and then Brady chased him down the field, yeah, Brady's not going to let you just take a mm-hmm. shot at him and that. He's going to give a shot back. And guess who's hosting the trophy at the end of it all? Yeah. Once again, seventh time... It's Tom Brady. It's insane what this guy's doing at 43. No doubt about it. All right. When we come back, we will go live to Tampa Bay and talk to our guy TJ Reeves, who is there, part of the broadcast crew for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers radio network. I know he has been excited, as we know, all season long that this could actually happen, and it did happen. So we'll get his take on that. We'll get the vibe in Tampa, and we'll start diagnosing more of what transpired yesterday with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Kansas City Chiefs 31-9. to So, yes, more opinion, more talk, more, ana- more analysis, and, again, talk more about the uh, point uh, sp- spread side of things with the betting uh, of next hour as well, too, with Matthew Holt and uh, Scott Spritzer. All right, T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank with you right here on a Monday Super Bowl edition of the T.C. Martin Show. The T.C. Martin Show is back. Yes! Yes! What are you doing? It's just a halftime. Yes, this is my favorite part of the game. T.C. Martin. Yes! In the face! The doctor is now in. In. tag team of Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski connecting. uh, That's the second of uh, two touchdown passes yesterday. Brady threw three all in the first half. Uh, Phenomenal outing like like we talked about with Tom Brady. Only 201 yards, but three important touchdowns. Oh, and the most important stat, not one interception yesterday. So there you have it. All right, here we go. We've uh, been waiting for this. Uh, I believe this is his third appearance in the last uh, seven days. I know he has uh, virtually no sleep whatsoever, but again, making time uh, in the reveling, in the partying that's been going on there. And in, uh, in, what is, is Tampa? I don't want to say Central Florida because that's Orlando. Miami is South Florida. So we'll just say Tampa, Florida, the Tampa St. Pete area. 
The one, the only, TJ Reeves, the Buck Sideline reporter. Congratulations, my friend, and uh, kudos to you, your broadcast crew, the Buccaneers, the franchise, the Glaciers, and everyone in Tampa. Initials, brother, from another mother. Great to be with you, but especially on the Monday after a Super Bowl 55 home game victory, the first time ever a team has hosted the Super Bowl in their own stadium. It was surreal. It was wild. And it happened. I think it happened. It did happen, right? I mean, you just played the highlight there. I mean, uh, everything has started to run together. The last 24 hours have started to run together. A bunch of us are reminding each other, did we actually watch all of that unfold? Just, uh, it was a great night. It was a fantastic night. And I, and I begin, as always, with a salvo. I tried to tell the T.C. Martin vast audience, the worldwide audience, that the Buccaneers were the most dangerous team in the playoffs, and they were going to win this game. And hopefully you listened. Hopefully you got to the windows out in Vegas or everywhere else and got down on the Bucks because they got down on the Kansas City Chiefs. Boy, did they get down on the Kansas City Chiefs. It was uh, it was like Lionel Richie all night long, brother, with the hits on Patrick Mahomes. It was something else. It, it was it was pure domination. And what we said in the first segment was, I just after the first quarter, I felt this was no contest. It was no game whatsoever. It was pure domination. And what people need to be talking about today, everyone wants to talk about Tom Brady, but what you need to talk about is how Bruce Arians, Tampa Bay. They he outcoached Andy Reid. They outplayed the Kansas City Chiefs, and they had a better will to win. They had the fire in their eyes. It was it was just a a beautiful thing to watch. If you are a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, so what? Here's what I want to know from you. Obviously, we talked a lot about leading up to this and the hype. Now let's talk about the the post game situation here. What's it been like over the last I would say sixteen eighteen hours or so of the jubilation there in Tampa. What's the vibe like, and, and what was it like in the stadium after the game? What's it like today? It was incredible. It was several things. Surreal. Uh, it was exhilarating. I can tell you from a professional standpoint, it is one of the things that I have always wanted to do is broadcast a game for a world championship. And even though I was not on the play-by-play call, our Hall of Fame play-by-play voice, a man that's been the 14-time Florida Sportscaster of the Year, has been in the Florida Sports Hall of Fame for a decade now and is still going. Gene Deckerhoff got to call the game. And it, it, was, uh, it was just amazing as this thing ended and the confetti was flying. I snapped a picture. I put it up on social media. I know you've used it and promoted yeah. off your Twitter handle and off of mine, and I can see it on Facebook as well. Um, it was wild, and then I'm down in the operational zone, down in the front row where I had access to the field, and there was, a, there was only limited amount of media that could be down there where we were. For example, the NFL network was up high in the end zone. So was ESPN off the field. So was CBS off the field. So I consider it a real privilege that we were down there that close with the players coming over to me uh, after this was over. In fact, we have breaking news on the T.C. Martin Show. You always love it when we have breaking news. We do, in fact, have breaking news that Bob Gronkowski, Tom Brady celebrating uh, the Super Bowl victory right in front of me, T.C. Martin, announced they were going to Disney World. Of course, Disneyland is still closed in California, so they're only going to Disney World about an hour and a half away. Uh, They were doing that promo, brother, right in front of me, just to my right, about 15 feet in front of me. They were standing on a riser, the Disney World crew had their mic out and they kept rehearsing okay one two three do it again we're going to disney world one two three we're going to disney world so i have clicked several pictures i have sent one of those pictures to you feel free to share it with the vast tc martin audience out on social media etc because that is an exclusive photo from right there where brady and gronk we're celebrating the Super Bowl, and I believe they were going to Disney today. If not, they're going tomorrow to be part uh, of the whole Super Bowl extravaganza, the Brady clan, the Gronkowski clan. So it was, uh, it was great after this is over with. They were, they were partying all night into the middle of the night here, and everywhere you go today, the Buccaneer flags are out, the championship shirts are out, because, again, this was a home game, T.C. It was incredible. 
That's not, I don't think we've ever had breaking news where it, it's self-serving breaking news. It's not breaking news. It happened last night, but it was in front of you. That's great. I don't know. Is this T.J. Reeves, the, the Buccaneers broadcast reporter, or T.J. Reeves, the Buccaneers fan? That's what I can't figure out here. I, I don't know. I, but. I have them both intertwined at this point. I mean, I was a fan of this team long before I became a media member, and you were a glutton, <laughs> as you know, for punishment if you were a fan of this team. BG Frank, BGK Frank knows this as a Bears guy. The Bears would come down here, the Packers would come down here, the Vikings in the division, and they would tune the Buccaneers up every year in the 80s. So if you were a fan, you were a diehard, and you died hard year <laughs> after year. Ten lost seasons, 12 lost seasons, and so now it all becomes uh, worthwhile. And, yeah, I work for the team. I mean, there's, there's no pretense that I don't have allegiance to the team. Right. Yet from a broadcast standpoint, from an analysis standpoint, I keep talking about things I've seen, stuff I've known. I've been, I've been around this for so long, watching it, pro and con, for the Buccaneers, against the Buccaneers. So when I kept preaching from the pulpit on shows like this one, they're dangerous. Their defense is coming around. You better stop counting these guys out. You better stop making them the underdog their last three playoff games, including at home. I think I knew what I was talking about. I'm just checking. I think I knew what I was talking about, right? Well, let me just ask you this. You're talking about things that you have, have seen and not seen before. I think there is something you have. There's two things that I, I think you have never seen before as a broadcaster, specifically in that stadium. One is that the Kansas City Chiefs could not score a touchdown. They were held yep. to nine points. The last time that happened, my friend, was 2017 in a uh, 12-9 loss to the Giants. That was shocking, but... More importantly, I want to know what you thought about this because the Chiefs couldn't score a touchdown. They couldn't get in the end zone, but the streaker, the streaker could get in the end zone. But wait a minute. He didn't get into the end zone. I think he was trying to to stall time because I believe he slid at the one-yard line. T.J. Reeves, my man Kevin Harlan called it like this. Second down, 20, 5.03 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants. Take off the bra and be a man. And the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, why, oh, why is this taking place in a Super Bowl? Kevin Harlan, this is real, ladies and gentlemen. If you're watching it on television, and we'll get TJ's standpoint here in a minute, we're going to get his standpoint because you obviously saw that, but the people at home didn't see it. Kevin Harlan, part of the West One One Radio Network, and if you're ever going to have a streaker, you want Kevin Harlan on the call because he's famous for this. <laughs> he did one at Lambeau Field. I don't know if you remember that when the squirrel basically went all the way down and got in the end zone. And right. Kevin, I love him to death. Great guy, great friend, and that was a great call. So when you saw this, or if you did, say, give us your vantage point and what you were thinking when this happened. Okay, so there's, there's a few things that we have to know about this area. This is a big pro wrestling area, as you know, a big monster truck area, a big, <laughs> a big redneck state of Florida to begin with, and there are always wild things that happen in this state. So this is not surprising that some idiot would be out there. So, all right, understand my vantage point is in the front row. I was restricted to the right side of the Buccaneer bench as you were looking at it on TV from about the 35 all the way down to the end zone. So I'm on the end where he was running down the middle of the field. So immediately I saw him leap on the field, and we found out later what they did. He and another guy is they created a diversion where his buddy went over the wall and four or five people tackled him. And when that happened and they vacated the area, he jumped on the field and took off. So that's how he got on the field in the first place. He's then running through the players, as you heard Kevin Harlan describe, and I was surprised nobody tackled him or clotheslined him when he ran through the players because you're fair game at that point. And then it's almost like the security guards didn't understand is this part of the game or what is this because the guy's running in the middle of the field and they froze for about a second or two and then they ran and tried to chase him. And a Hillsborough County deputy who was a former high school football player did get a lick on him. He was trying to slide down and give himself up, but this guy lowered the shoulder and drilled him and then they dragged him off. 
uh, and arrested him. So he had his few minutes of fame, and then he had a night in the stir, as it turns out. So, uh, yeah, o- only in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium during Super Bowl 55. But, yeah, you're right. For the TV audience, you guys didn't see that because CBS apparently cut away to Tom Brady and then went quickly to commercial uh, to not give the nut what he wants, which is extra publicity. Well, and of course, TC would make the reference, had to bring it into Green Bay somehow again, because the squirrel was looking for some nuts, and the streaker <laughs> wanted to show his. So, BG <laughs> Frank, K. Frank goes right to the, the line, not over the line, but right to the line, as he customarily does right. on the show. Yes. And you know who he reminded me of? I'm seeing the picture of this guy. He, he looks like Jim the Anvil Neidhart. May he rest in peace. But he had the pink thing. He had his hands up. The, he looked like the Anvil. By the way, I don't know if you know this, T.J. He's the Anvil from that Tampa Bay area as well, too. Yes, he is. So I thought there it is. I, and, of course, this reminded us also of, of the world-famous streaker that we will – the song. I mean, you know the song by Ray Stevens. I don't know if you're old enough or not, but, but Frank yes, says – Yes, I'm he old sing, enough. He sings, he sings it every day. There it is. I stand over by the tomatoes, and here he comes, running through the pool. Are you going to play the whole thing? Through the fruits and vegetables. Yeah, I'll let you know when you get tired of it. And I hollered over to Ethel. I said, well, I hope not. don't look, Ethel. <laughs> and it's too late. She'd already been in the scenes. Here he comes. Boogie-dee, boogie-dee. There he goes. There it is. They should have played this on the speakers. And he ain't wearing no clothes. Oh, yes, they call him the so yes, exactly. there, there it is, T.J. Reeves. I mean, wh- we did not see this on the odds board at the William Hill Sportsbook. We know in big events, Olympics, World Cups, Super Bowls past. Wimbledon. Wimbledon, exactly. Why didn't we hype this up and talk about this? We should have known that your security wasn't ready for this yesterday. Come on, man. Well, we, we've had different females, too, flashing parts of their anatomy at the World Series. That's remember, they true. caught the people putting the, the Holly Boob sign up, remember, last yeah. week or whatever. They were up on the mountaintop uh, in, in Los Angeles mm-hmm. in the hills putting the putting the sign up, and it was a publicity stunt. It was on the Internet and live-streamed, and they got arrested. So this goes on for attention. It goes on for publicity, and it was, uh, it was part of what went on uh, last night. But, again, to come back to the game, just for a second here, uh, what a performance across the board for the Buccaneers. Again, Brady was brilliant in the first half when he had to be to help them build the lead. It was obviously critical at the end of the first half where they had a minute left. The game was 14-6 to after the Chiefs had kicked the field goal, and you knew the Chiefs were getting the ball at the start of the second half, but they also had three timeouts left. And so we were talking on the air that if you don't do something with the ball here – it may be close to an hour of actual time before you get the ball back because that was a 27-minute halftime with the weekend performing at halftime. So if you didn't do something and the Chiefs come out of the locker room and go on an extended drive, get, a, get points, get a touchdown, and they go to a commercial, it might be 50, 55 minutes before you have the ball again. So the thought was go get points, and, man, the, the Buccaneers got in range. I'm so sick of the whining that's out there uh, from chief fans and even media members about the officiating, especially in the second quarter. Uh, Every one of those calls were legit calls. Uh, Mike Evans is the number one receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You see, he's being tackled on that long throw before he can make a leaping attempt at the ball. He got tripped. He got tripped and tackled before he could make a play on the ball. That's a legit call. He got shoved in the back of the end zone by Tyran Matthew. Who, by the way, I don't know how much they showed on CBS. He's over talking, you know what, to the Buccaneer bench, pointing at people, pointing at the refs, screaming at him, doing all of that. He lost his mind last night. They came apart, the Chiefs, in the first half and really never recovered. They looked good on that opening drive, and you thought, okay, maybe they're going to make it a game here. If they get a touchdown, maybe it's 21-16, now it's a game. But once the Bucs stopped them there, the defense took over, and that was that, my friend. And think about it is the Chiefs had their chances. They did. Okay, they got the fourth and goal stop. They, you know, had that opportunity down seven Which, to three. by the way, can I just interject, for all the complaining, I was right down on the goal line. Right. My vantage point looking right across the goal line. I was higher than the line judge because I'm in the front row, and I thought live Ronald Jones is in. Half his body was in, and the guy hesitated to even call it. They always come running in and looking like it's going to be a better call now after you've knocked him out of the end zone. 
So I know there was not a definitive replay on where the ball was, but I thought from my vantage point he was in. My point to you is, for all the belly aching about calls, the Bucks didn't get that call on fourth and goal. The Chiefs, the Chiefs took over. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, thank you, by the way. Uh, yeah, they had their chances. There's, there's no doubt that, again, you know, drop passes to end drives. We saw Kelsey with, with a couple drops. The poor punting. That was ridiculous. Uh, they just killed themselves. And then again, the penalties just extended drives on third and fourth down. And, you know, of course, you you have people out there that will say, okay, that really wasn't a penalty, or you could say it wasn't egregious, and we can get all into that. But the bottom line is the Chiefs had chances, they self-destructed, uh, and they killed themselves. But that's not taking anything away from the Bucks. A lot of people just want to say, hey, they want to blame the rest for all this. Bottom line is... Kansas City did not have any fire in them. They fell behind. They, I don't want to say they quit, but you just – I mean, you were there. You saw the Buccaneers' sideline compared to the Chiefs' sideline, night and day difference. And for a team that has won as much as the Chiefs have, they did not like – they had, looked like they had championship pedigree. They didn't have discipline. And, uh, and that was rather shocking. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for the Bucs. But, but really, TJ, this was one of the most lopsided – and boring Super Bowls that we have seen in recent time. I got to go back to 2014 to when Seattle blasted Denver. Yeah. For for I mean this was this is what this reminded me of. I mean it was an ugly football game where you had one team that was spectacular, the other team had no fight. Well, and you bring up a good point because that's the first year Peyton Manning had come back from injury, gone to Denver. They made it all the way to the Super Bowl. And right off the bat, they snapped the ball over his head for a safety. He threw a first-half interception when he got hit that got run back for a pick six. He, he played nowhere near at the high level. The Seahawks defense was their calling card as much as anything, along with Russell Wilson. But uh, So that was a great defensive performance, and this was very similar. The Bucks did, did to uh, Mahomes what the Seahawks did to Peyton Manning in that game. It's, it's what, by the way, the Buccaneers did to Rich Gannon in the game 18 years ago in San Diego with five interceptions and harassing him. I saw the stat. Uh, again, this has nothing to do with the officiating, but this shows you how the game developed and shows you how demoralized Kansas City got, how one-dimensional they became, that on, on quarterback pressures or hits, Tom Brady was pressured or hit five times in the game. Patrick Mahomes was pressured or hit 34 times in the game. He couldn't step up. He couldn't set his feet. He couldn't give the routes an extra second to develop downfield because they were all over him, pressuring him and hitting him, and that was the difference in the game, sir. No surprise whatsoever that Tom Brady was the MVP of the game, but you could have made arguments for other guys. I thought Fournette played an incredible game. thought Gronkowski had a good game. And in reality, I know you're always looking for player of the game, but that defense at Tampa Bay, and you told us about this, TJ, going into the week, I thought they were the real difference. They had Mahomes running not only backwards, but 20 to 30 yards backwards sometimes, <laughs> running for his life, trying to make some kind of magic out there. I thought that defense at Tampa Bay was absolutely sensational. I agree with you. Uh, I mean, they pressured him from every which direction. And again, uh, Todd Bowles deserves a tremendous amount of credit because they took so much criticism after the way they were humiliated by the Saints on Sunday Night Football. The Rams came in and beat them and torched the defense. And the same thing with the Chiefs in November, but they learned from that. Uh, he made adjustments in terms of their coverage, playing tougher, more aggressive coverage. He switched off some guys man-to-man uh, on Tyreek Hill and then, and then switching off on Hardman and back and forth where it was a different guy. Uh, and, and then tactically, when they were able to get home with four pass rushers, including, as we said on the T.C. Martin Show last week, when Big Vita Vea, who is the size of a Vegas casino building, uh, could jam up the middle and could get pressure on Mahomes to keep him from stepping up, that also created problems because Vea didn't play in the November game. With a broken leg, he played in this game, and just like they stymied Aaron Rodgers from being able to step up and make moves through the middle of the pocket, it was the same thing in this game. Uh, and again, full, full credit to Bowles, his defense, and the job that they did, guys. It was just it was some kind of night... And we don't care in this area that it seems like it was a boring Super Bowl. I know CBS cares, and for the viewers uh, that maybe tuned out in the fourth quarter of that game, that was a Picasso last night. We will talk about that 
15 years from now, 50 years from now, that Tom Brady shows up from New England in Tampa Bay, which is bizarre enough on face value, but then goes and wins three road playoff games and caps it off by winning a home game at Raymond James Stadium for the Super Bowl. That's epic stuff, guys. Absolutely. He is TJ Reeves, a Buck sideline reporter. He was uh, there last night, live and in color on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers radio network. There is so much stuff that I, I want to touch with you. We hit a lot of the game, but there's other stuff I, I want to get with you. So we're going to have to do that at another time, my friend. But uh, I want you to go and get some sleep. I want you to get some rest. <laughs> and uh, the anthem is playing right now. There it is. The Buccaneers theme song. I'm, I'm sure you've heard this uh, enough times in the last 24 hours. But there it is. T.J. Reeves, he is dancing. He may have a bra on. Keep your pants on, young man, and throw down a little bit. Were you getting a little jiggy with it last night, late night, to this? We, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, je- we're, we're getting jiggy with that version, and we love the old school B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S Go Bucks fight song from the late 70s. You love the cream oh, orange. We yes had that I too. Do. So yes, I do. All right. Quite, quite the night. I know, did Vegas get hammered? Give me the quick answer. Did Vegas get hammered? Because there were several of those huge bettors that cashed big tickets uh, on mobile betting, et cetera, They're betting $2 million on the Bucks, et cetera. I would think that uh, that Vegas got cleaned out a little bit there by Brady and the Bucks. No, 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 no. The books did uh, marvelous, uh, and we're going to hit that when we come back. Uh, yes, the Vegas books did very well because all the ham and eggers had Kansas City, my friend. <laughs> they also they also had the under. And hey, real quick, yeah, TJ, yeah. Um, last I tweeted out after the game that Tampa Bay. Do you prefer barbecued KC or oh. smoked them? <laughs> Um, I think I, I, I'm more of a barbecue guy. They barbecued yeah. the Chiefs. Yes, they did. Uh, in a lopsided Super Bowl that probably should have been like 41 to nine or 45 to nine, but we'll take what it was with Mahomes not getting a touchdown. Absolutely, boys. It was it was quite a night, and it's been a blast being on with you. Anytime you need me from the epicenter of sports. Lightning Stanley Cup, Rays World Series appearance, Buccaneers Super oh, yeah. Bowl win, all within six months. You know, ever since I started coming on the T.C. Martin show, the Tampa Bay Rays has been winning everything. Right. i got to keep coming back on. Well, it, it's, been Champa, it's been Champa Bay. It is. Champa Bay, exactly. So, uh, shout out to Champa you. Champa Bay. C-H. Champa that, Bay. Yes, Champa Bay, brother. All right. Shout out to you and our good friend, Paul Buckpower Stewart, who's listening <laughs> as we speak. He says, T.J. Reeves is gloating. That is accurate, but we allow you to do that my friend i'm happy for you like i said before it's a pinnacle of any broadcaster in their career when their team that they cover and work for win a championship so congratulations we will talk to you very very soon you're not going anywhere my man so don't worry about that always love being with you boys as always i I leave you with go bucks and now all-time super bowl history winning buccaneers how sweet it is Great to be with you. All right. Take care, brother. There he is. T.J. Reeves, a Buck sideline reporter, reveling and even gloating a little bit. Hey, he's entitled. There you go. A lot easier to gloat when your quarterback's the GOAT. Woo! Got that right. All right. We come back. We'll talk about the book side. That's right. What it was like in the sports books yesterday. And also, yeah, who were the winners and the losers? We'll talk about some huge bets as well, too. It is the T.C. Martin Show on a Monday afternoon Super Bowl edition.